At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. For a safe listening experience, we recommend strapping on a pair of moon shoes. If you don't have any, none will be provided for you. But we wish you the best of luck. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I think I, that was the smoothest that intro has ever gone. <laughs> Why would you say that? This is like how many episodes now? Like 15? Like 15? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you say that? Why would you jinx us like that? No, it's not jinxing. It's just like an acknowledgement. It's like a pat on the back to ourselves. Yeah, okay. We deserve to know we did a good job. Oh, great job. Great job. <laughs> you know what? I'm proud of us. Thank you. <laughs> I think we've done some solid work today. So that pack we're going to call that a day. Right. Yeah, stay safe out there. <laughs> I'm going to take my equity 10. Let's pack it in. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Good job. Let's go pet some cats, get some coffee. And uh, I think we can wrap yeah. this one up. My cat is here. She's sitting quite majestically. On uh, Alex's purse. <laughs> well, you know what happens. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I am the keeper of this week's cryptid, and this one was chosen by popular demand via a poll of Patreon donors on our Patreon. And I am choosing something that I think some people would debate if it's cryptid or not, but uh, this is featured on not one, but two separate cryptid based wikis. So I'm going to go ahead and. So what you're saying is if the people out there get angry, like we're not the ones that should come for first. Exactly. Like, we're not the ones who designated this thing as a cryptid. It's been designated actually by two official cryptid wikis by another podcast. Last podcast on the left. Take up your beef with them. Don't. They're a great also, show. Also, either like you're a Patreon donor and you voted for this thing or you're not a Patreon donor, in which case, like, you gave up your right to care. <laughs> so... Uh, after that really weirdly... Send ag- us money, and then you can have an opinion. <laughs> okay, after that weirdly aggressive build-up, uh, I want to go ahead and introduce our cryptid for this week. Uh, I am talking about the whimsically named spring Jack. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sounds a bit like a Monty Python character, but uh, spring Jack... <laughs> so not that. It's so very... Well, a little bit. No, not really. Maybe. So my favorite thing about spring Jack to start off with, um, just like a basic bit of information on spring Jack, first of all, oh my goodness, one second, um, this page came up really weirdly. There we go. So can I start by telling you what I know about spring Jack? Yes, actually, tell me what you know about spring Jack. Basically nothing. <laughs> I know well, a little bit. I do know a little bit. It's a very I, short segment. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's like a new thing I'm trying to like bring into the show. It's like, um, it's a new segment called Alex Knows Nothing About Cryptids. That so, ours. It's a new segment called What Do We Know Already? And the answer is always not very much. Not a lot. Um, I do know a little bit. I know the Spring Hill Jack is kind of like a Victorian thing, right? Yeah. Comes from the Victorian era. Yes. And I know that there was a Stephen King short story about Spring Hill Jack. That I did not know. Strawberry Spring. Okay, yep. that I did not know. So anything I know about Spring Hill Jack comes from that story. There is a Philip Pullman book about Spring Hill Jack. I did not know that. <laughs> the more you know. All right, so to tell you about Spring Hill Jack, Spring Hill Jack is a cryptid that was sighted in England. Uh, the first accounts of him surfaced in London in 1837. And then the last recorded, the last reported sighting, oh my God, I can't talk. The last reported sighting is said by most sources to have been made in Liverpool in 1904, but I'm going to go into a little bit later why that might not be a true. Uh, <laughs> no. But Spring Hill Jack is basically um, this 
really bizarre, kind of whimsical, but like also really terrifying, as many cryptids tend to be, figure that sort of terrorized the populace of London in the 1830s through the like late 1800s. And it popped up in all these different sightings and all these different forms and became this just like fixed figure in like the, it's like one of the, the first and like most well-known urban legends, so to speak, of London. And was Spring Hill Jack like a, Sorry. I'm scram. <laughs> Here comes the screaming boy. Does it come through on the microphone? Can you like hear? It, a little bit. Okay. I don't know if we I always wonder new, if like if this is just like this weird thing where like our audience members can't hear anything and we're just like, mm, gotta stop now. Well, with the pillows it actually might be better this time, but I but I also don't know, so I'm gonna just assume that they can. <laughs> um Here comes the scream boy. The scream man comes to town. The scream machine cometh. <laughs> oh, this is the sequel to Stephen King's Trucks Trains. No, don't even get me started on trucks. I don't want to. Do not. This is going to go on the blooper reel on the next Do not. <laughs> there is no excuse for that short story. Stephen King, master of short fiction and of horror, like somehow crafted a story that is neither good nor scary. <laughs> and there's no excuse. It's not even like a, okay, that was an idea that fell through. Because he does have another short story about a truck, and it is absolutely terrifying. He also has a great scary book about a haunted car. Yeah, so like, it's not that it's an impossible field to write in. It's just that that story sucks. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alex. <laughs> Let it out. Let it out. <sighs> You're okay. This is a safe place. Mm -hmm. You're okay. Let it out. All right, so, um... I don't know where we were. Oh, Spring Hill Jack. Uh, you well, were asking, I knew that much. You were asking me a question about Spring Hill Jack. Oh, I was asking you if Spring Hill Jack is, like, a Penny Dreadful figure. Like, were there... There were... Was like, he canonized oh, in, he, like, scary London town? Oh, yes, he popped up... He pops up... I'll go into this a little bit more when I go into, like, where he pops up in pop culture, but, like, absolutely, he became, like, a literary figure. Okay, cool. And, like, a, also a figure in, like, the tabloids and, like, in, like, the newspapers. Um, so, like, London Weekly was all, like... <laughs> the Prime Spotted. Minister is secretly Spring Hill Jack. Who were at best. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of who wore it best about his iconic oil skin coat. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wish Spring Hill Jack were wearing moon shoes. Are you kidding me? Um, basically, uh, Spring Hill Jack is, uh, I'll go into a little bit, like, what he looked like, supposedly, mm -hmm. but he was called Spring, he was, like, the terror of London, and there's all kinds of, like, writing about him and all kinds of um, reports. The most famous, I'll go into other sightings of him later, because there are too many sightings of him, but the most famous sighting, and then, like, the one that, like, pushed Spring Hill Jack into the news cycle and, like, mm -hmm. popped him up all over the newspapers, I'll have to tweet out the picture of, like, the news story about him, because it's fabulous. I'll show you a picture. Spring Hill Jack, the That's terror of London. That's a fancy boy. He's a fancy boy. Um, but basically, the most famous, the account that pushed him into the news cycle was the report by the, um, these two teenage girls, Lucy Scales and Jane Alsop. It was in 1838. Jane Alsop reported that she answered the door of her father's house to a man claiming to be a police officer who told her to bring a light, claiming, we have caught Spring-Heeled Jack here in the lane. She brought the person a candle and noticed that he wore a large cloak. The moment she handed him the candle, he threw off the cloak and presented a most hideous and frightful appearance, vomiting blue and white flames from his mouth while his oh. eyes resembled red balls of fire. She reported that he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white oilskin. 
You know, like David Bowie. I'm sorry, I'm having a really hard time with this visual because, like, just let me... Let me maybe describe to you how I'm seeing this report play out and why I, as a police officer, would be a little bit confused by these details here. Like, not to go all law and order on you or anything, but this is, like, law and order cryptid town. I don't know. Cryptid victims unit. Um, CVU. CVU. So this girl answers the door Mm -hmm. at her father's house. And this guy is like, I'm a cop. We caught Spring Hill Jack. And this is like one of the first sightings, right? This isn't the first, but it's the most popular of oh, the early okay. sightings. I was like, if this is the first sighting, like, <laughs> what is that? Like, oh boy, I know who that is. No, maybe. The, the first sightings were in 1837, and it was like whisperings and like rumors and like people okay, talking well, like, about even it. Even regardless, she answers the door, and this guy's a cop. He's like, hey, we caught Spring Hill Jack. Bring me a candle. And you're like, okay, you're a police, like, why don't you have your own light? This seems really irresponsible to go out hunting people at night without, like, your own light source. But sure, that's fine. Yeah. So she gives him a light, and then, like, he stands at the front door and just, like, rips off his cloak and starts doing, like, his weird fireworks show. And she just, what, stands there and watches? Well, no, there's more. Um, it says that he... Does he, like, try to get into the house? Or is she just, like, standing there oh, no. watching this happen? <laughs> it gets violent. I'm okay. sorry. It actually gets a little bit Why scary. wouldn't you close the door the second, like, a strange man at your door starts removing his clothing? <laughs> well, I think it'll happen very quickly. Without saying a word, he caught hold of her and began to tear at her with claws that she was certain were of some metallic substance. Wolverine. Good lord. Uh, she screamed for help and managed to get away from him and ran toward the house. He caught her on the steps and tore at her neck and arms with oh, his clothes. so she followed him out of the house yes, before, before okay. he did this. Why didn't she just hand him the candle? <laughs> Sounds a little victim-blaming, Alex. Yes, you're right. I'm very sorry. How about you, uh, would you like to leave Miss Alsop alone? She was rescued by one of her sisters, after which her assailant fled. So a little bit more about Spring Hill Jack before I go into more sightings. Um, a little bit more about, about this... This interesting boy. Um, lad. This is a fun fact about Spring Hill Jack that delights me. Spring Heeled Jack, I really should say. Like, he's not like Spring Heel. It's like he is Jack and he is Spring Heeled. Jack of the Spring Heels. Because he jumps so high. Him jumps so high. Eight foot vertical leap. Um, but, uh, so. In uh, Ken Gerhard's book, Encounters with Flying Humanoids, uh, which is. A book about like flying humanoid cryptids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Gerhard places Springhill Jack as the top fifth flying humanoid. So congrats, what are the guys. Others? I don't know, and I knew you were going to ask me, but I didn't look. I. But you knew this moment was coming. <laughs> I knew this moment would come. Do you want me to find out real quick? Yeah, I do actually. All right. Let's find out what the other top five. Um, Ken Gerhard top five. All right, Ken Gerhard top five flying. <laughs> Humanoids. God, my search history is so weird at this point. And I feel like if the NSA are hacking my phone, they don't even know what to do with this. Um, Remember that time I made you Google like 50 times, is your McGregor a Kelpie? Oh my God, right? Okay, well, you'll be very pleased to hear that the very the top flying humanoid is Mothman. I mean, I knew this in my heart yeah. all along. Okay, number one is Mothman. Number two is Owlman, mm-hmm. which is the Mothman's British counterpart in Cornwall, England. Uh, number three is the Houston Batman. Excuse me? And number four is, oh, fun, this is different, is a witch one, the, um, is Bruja of Guadalupe. Oh, okay. That's fun. And then number five is Spring Hill Jack. This is actually a top ten list, though. You want to hear the rest of them? I do. Number six is the Van Meter Visitor, which is a towering gargoyle-like creature with massive wings and a single glowing horn. Number seven is the Bird Woman of Da Nang in Vietnam. 
Uh, number eight is the Briggs Road Man Bat, which makes me read that for me one more time. The Briggs Road Man Bat. (laughs) That sounds like you know what that sounds like. What that sounds like when, like one of those those internet things you see, it goes around. It's like quick, your your cryptid name is like the name, the color of your shirt, and then the street you drew up on, and then the color of the object closest to you. Yeah. Oh, oh, Briggs Road Man Bat. <laughs> I like that you think those are colors. No, I love it. No, but you know, I, I know, I, I know. I'm being. I know you're thinking on your feet. I'm kidding. Number nine is Bat Squatch. Thank goodness. And number ten is the Jersey Devil, which I must be a dummy because I did not know it flew. But anyway, now I answered your question, and now I will. You continue. sure did. So, Gerhard described Springheeled Jack as. So named because of his apparent ability to bound effortlessly through the air, Spring-Heeled Jack was greatly feared by residents of suburban London during the 1830s, a diabolical supervillain of sorts. He was usually described as being tall, thin, and cloaked in a tight-fitting oilskin suit, as well as a flowing cape. Jack first gained notoriety when he began to accost solitary young women by ripping at them with steel claws while he breathed noxious blue flames. He's a little extra, is what I'm getting from this. Yes. Like, there's no way that all of this is necessary. To this day, no one is sure of Jack's true identity, nor where this notorious scoundrel came from. I don't know if I'd call him a scoundrel. I want to know what they, like, true identity? Like, what do they think they're looking for? (laughs) You know, like, a congressman or something. (laughs) You know, like a congressman or something. Oh my goodness. Um, Like, but the thing is that those are clearly superhuman abilities like oh, that's yeah. not a thing that anybody could have done even with like today's technology that's not something somebody could augment themselves to do so like did they think this was like a jekyll and hyde situation where there was some totally normal person who was transforming into like a demon creature at night you know honestly that's a very good question because i think well i mean i'll, I'll go into a little bit more about theories because one of them is that he was a demon of some kind mm-hmm. and i'm just confused by the idea of like looking for a person behind this. Mm-hmm. Like, because that, to me, doesn't seem like there's, like... That's weirdly Scooby-Doo-esque, yeah. right? Like, we're gonna track down Spring Hill Jack and rip off his mask. And it turns yeah. out it was the banker the whole time. Yeah, here's the other thing about it. Uh, BBC has a little article about him and a little bit more about Sir the description. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle! <laughs> a little bit more description. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. A little bit more description <laughs> of Spring Hill Jack, according to BBC, is that he was described as... And this seems like it might be a little bit, like, sensationalism because it's very, like, quote-unquote devil characteristics. Right. But he was described as having a uh, goatee beard, pointed ears and horns, and then, like, fiery red eyes. Incredible. So, like, very classic, like, devil, demon-looking mm-hmm. things. And the one, the one feature that never varied in his description is his ability to jump, to leap over rooftops and across hedges. This agility has always... This agility allowed him to terrify his victims and to escape his pursuers. And this is just a direct quote from the BBC website, because it makes me happy. A bounder indeed. Excuse me? A bounder. A bounder indeed. (laughs) Oh, that's delightful. One does feel light on their feet bounding about through all these rooftops. (laughs) And when one bounds, one is happy. (laughs) Um, Atlas Obscura has a great little write-up about uh, Spring-Heeled Jack. Uh, and one second. Atlas Obscura is the best. I love Atlas Obscura. Uh, they have a great little write-up about it. Um, and there's actually, and they provide some recommendations of, like, more in-depth sources if you want to read up, like, less silly stuff about spring Jack. Hi! My kitty came to your hat in the face. <laughs> I thought it was a bug landed on me. <laughs> Hi, baby. 
Oh no. <laughs> she come to bite the cord. <laughs> Do not, friend. <laughs> She's gonna bite you if you hold her like that That's because fine. she doesn't like it. Alright. Um but uh um, Mike Dash uh, has an exhaustive history of the figure's reported appearances. He's a historian, and uh, that's something that Atlas Obscura recommends for extra reading. But uh, they also elaborate how uh, he appeared in other forms than this kind of fun, devilish-looking guy, like a ghost imp or devil. He also I feel appeared. Like you and I have different definitions of fun. <laughs> You know, fun. You know, he also fun. He also appeared in the shape of a large white bull. What? Oh, but also a bear. <sighs> he also was reported as wearing red shoes. Excuse me, let me see this picture that you're currently looking at. Oh, <laughs> what do you want to see? The let best fish in the world, where he looks like a villain from Lazy Town. He does, is the thing. He looks like Robbie Rotten. <laughs> we are number one, but every time they say one, you get just consumed <laughs> with noxious flames. <laughs> And every time he says number one, he jumps higher. <laughs> Sorry, there's a cat. I love her. She's good. She's climbing in my lap. Um, so, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, um, so here's some, when you asked me about theories about it being real people, mm-hmm. I need you to, okay, so here we go. The Lord Mayor of London, John Cohen, came out in January of 1838 to address the growing number of stories, bringing up the theory that the attacks were being perpetrated by a gang of, like, wealthy um, just, like, wealthy miscreants. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, um... Well, they that, had to be rich being, to afford yes. the ability well, to breathe fire. That they were basically, basically, like, his theory was, or what he was positing was that it was just a gang of, like, wealthy, like, assholes, and then, like, the stories got, because it's the dead of night in London, and mm-hmm. London at this period in time was just a nightmare town. Right. There were so many, yeah, and, like, I know you know this, but, like, it was so densely packed with population, like, there, there, you were never alone, and it was, like, just not, like, just horrible smelling and filthy and terrifying. And it just, like, in that atmosphere of fear, it got sort of blown out of proportion and became, like, this story, this life of its own. But, uh, and Atlas Obscura says, however, that didn't stop the legend from growing, and as the papers reported more accounts, the devilish figure came to be called Springhill Jack, as many of the reports involved the creep leaping in front of or away from his victims in such a way that no mortal man would ever be capable of. So now, I really want to get into some sightings. Spring-heeled Jack. This is another illustration of Spring-heeled Jack. I like the ones that make him look really humanoid because I think they're very fun. But, like, I also like ones like this. And I'll have to tweet a bunch of these out. But, like, check out this guy. He looks like he's doing some straight up where the wild things are. Oh, this is very, like, Marie Sundak. Yeah, right? That's really cool. Yeah, so the thing that bothers me about this... <laughs> Is yeah. that I'm getting, like, zero clothes on this guy. <laughs> Where is his cloak? There's, like, no... Where is his oil skin? Yeah, like, he's supposed to be a dapper boy, right? Like, <laughs> a dapper boy. Like, Spring-Heeled Jack is a dapper lad. I think oh, that's yeah. one thing we can't agree on. Like, it's not that this illustration bothers me because of the inherent, like, weirdness of this boy's face, which is a lot to deal with. <laughs> he's a good boy. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's the fact that so many of these accounts, like, there's a lot that they don't agree on, but the one thing yeah. they do seem to agree on is that he's a fancy, fancy man. Yeah. And that's not a fancy man. Yeah. That's just, like, sort of a weird gerblin. Wait, do you want to see my favorite illustration? I actually, I did see that one, and I love it very much. (laughs) There's one that's just, like, a blurry in-motion drawing of him just being like, whee! Just, Um, yeah, taken off. If I have one word to describe uh, spring-heeled jackets, neom. 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 Look at him go. I've got some fun sightings for you. So after the sightings in the 30s, um, in the 1830s, rather, Mm -hmm. 
um, where you had the one with Jane Alsop, and then there was another sighting where Lucy Scales, so they weren't together, I, okay. I, I, I misattributed that before, um, was returning with her sister from their brother's house in Limehouse, and they were passing the Green Dragon Alley. Lucy came across a man in a large cloak who unexpectedly spurted out some blue flame onto her face, disabling her sight and triggering violent fits, which continued for hours. And I don't want to be a scully about this, because I love to be a Mulder, you know this, but this sounds to me like a stranger startled her, and then she had an epileptic seizure. Mm -hmm. Because seeing, like, a flash of, like, light and then, like, having fits for several hours sounds like she had a seizure, not, like... She was attacked by a fire-breathing dapper boy. Fire-breathing dapper boy is my new AAM screen name. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah, what's funniest to me about that account... I'm sorry, I need to stop being like this. What's funniest to me about this account is this the fact that... This woman had a seizure. I know. It's I know. the fact that he unexpectedly spurted blue flame in her. <laughs> like, as if there is a circumstance <laughs> under which you would expect a man to breathe fire on you. But this was not it. I think at the circus... <laughs> No. the circus you might. What kind of circus do you go to? There are fire breathers at the circus. And you expect them to just spout blue flame at you? <laughs> Perhaps not. Perhaps not. One mightn't. One mightn't. Homestead of... <laughs> Homestead of spit blue flame. There are occasions on which I would expect a man to breathe blue flame at me. And this was not one. His conduct was most unbecoming of a stranger. <laughs> it was most untoward. Um, just to give you guys some context, <laughs> I don't know if you're all aware of this, Addison and I have alternate personas that we adopt. Ah, when we're tell at, them about the beans. When we're at the fancy tea room. <laughs> For my birthday, Addison took me to this, um, this really actually super cool little place in a neighboring town, like a very small, like single stoplight town that we mm -hmm. went to. But one of the things that this single stoplight town has, in addition to the world's best combination coffee waffle shop, is they also have a tea room. It's so cute. I kid you not, you walk in and like, it's... Everything is pink. And mm -hmm. there are all these very fancy hats on stands. Like, think royal wedding. And you're supposed to take these royal wedding hats and wear them as you consume tea and finger sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, naturally, though, we couldn't we couldn't use our own names and identities in this place, right? So, like, we had yeah. to take on personas. It's, we mustn't. We, one mustn't. <laughs> and we spent literally the entire time talking in these just horrible, horrible accents. And, like, it was great because every time a waitress oh. would come up, we would be like, oh, well, how all are you doing with the the, uh, the derby? Oh, oh the consumption. Oh, the consumption. <laughs> um, and then a waitress would walk up and be like, are you guys done with your tea? And we'd be like, oh, yeah, we'd love to try this next one. Thanks. <laughs> you one mustn't. Um, and my much. eldest Reginald is taken with the consumption. The you, eldest of your other eight Reginalds. Do you want to tell them about our names? I, are we allowed? I thought they were secret names. <laughs> if they learn them, they might have power over us. <laughs> there is no greater power than a lady's silence. Oh. <laughs> um, it was all very much. Tell them our names. Oh, shoot. And I have to remember mine. Um, I remember mine. It was what, very much. It was very much. You were... Duchess Cressida Plumtree. Cressida Plumtree. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Wait, I think I have on your Instagram. Violet, I was Lady Violet. I have it on your. Inst it's on your Instagram. I will go look. Please do. I was gonna say like Lady Violet Strongwood or something. This is gonna be a long episode, correct. and I don't give a heck. We're like covering a lot of like extended Cryptid Keeper universe lore here, exactly. where you guys are learning about the things that we do off camera, which are very much, which are so much. I think maybe I tweeted it and didn't... No, found it. Okay, good. Lady Violet Strongwood. Okay, I was right. Yeah, so I was I was Lady Violet Strongwood, and she was Duchess Cressida Plumtree, <laughs> and her eldest Reginald, 
Um, it was taken with the consumption. Was taken with the consumption. <laughs> and my husband, Reginald, was just beside himself, the Duke. All right, anyway. She had eight other sons also named Reginald. So that when one left, she would be comforted by the presence of another Reginald. <laughs> one can never have too many. One can't have too many Reginalds. Oh my god, okay, we have to get through the rest of these sightings. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, so there were those two big sightings uh, reported... Um, uh, in the 1830s, uh, and the Times, the British daily newspaper, so you weren't too far off, held helped spread the legend by reporting at, like all the local incidents in mm-hmm. the paper. And then it kind of faded away for a bit. Then there was a new wave of Spring Hill Jack sightings in the 1870s. Okay. Which is, which really, in my opinion, completely discounts the whole, this is a person or a gang of wealthy miscreants theory. I think this is probably some sort of immortal being, demon, something, something. Or it's a Red Pirate Robert situation where Mm, Spring Hill Jack passes it on to the next fancy leaping lad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I don't want us to, like, lighten Spring Hill Jack too much because he is, like, a predator. Like, he's horrible. Like, his actions have no, there is no excuse for his actions. But he's also very silly. Like most things we discuss on this show. You're right. There is an so, humor to be found in the darkest of times. Also, um, hey, uh, English listeners, I'm really sorry. Oh, yeah. First of all, like, I just apologize. And I, disclaimer, don't intend for anything I ever say in any sort of mock accent to be taken as an accurate representation of that accent. I know it's oh, bad. Oh, God, no. Like, as we say in our intro, the jokes are on no one but us. Except for my Minnesotan accent. That's Perfect. <laughs> oh, it's it's flawless. Um, so at the Aldershot Barracks in August of 1877 in North Camp Central Road, a sentry came across a strange figure who advanced toward him and slapped him several times on the face. Okay, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is my, okay i'm just gonna say it because but i'll credit like where this comes from if you really enjoy us talking about spring hill jack there is a great episode on of last podcast on the left about like uk based cryptids and like urban legends and henry zabrowski uh said in that episode after like discussing i think this exact sighting uh said my favorite phrase of, attributed to this care this creature which is just slippity slap i'm spring hill jack and it which i think is great me. when there's like a children show based on Spring Hill Jack. Like, it's, that's where we're going with it. All right. This is out of control. <laughs> My cat has the plastic lid of this cup, and she's just going hog wild with it. <laughs> she loves it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I wish y'all could see how cute this is. All right. Um, so the guard shot at him, but with no avail. The figure then disappeared mysteriously with astounding leaps. Um... In eight, and then in Liverpool, in 1888, in, in Everton, North Liverpool, Springhill Jack was seen on the rooftop of St. Francis Xavier's Church in Salisbury Street. Now, here we go. Remember how I said that supposedly one, some sources say there have been no sightings since 1901, and I was mm-hmm. about to, like, just blow that shit apart? Yes. All right, I'm going to drop a, drop a Chris Angel mind freak. TM, 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 oh, TM, no. TM. Uh, mind freak me. I'm going to mind heck you, because I can't... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Heck me right the mind up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, in the 1970s, the inhabitants of Aftercliff and Sheffield complained about a red-eyed figure who was punching women. He was rumored to... <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like Nicolas Cage did in the, in the remake of The Wicker Man. Um, that's... No. Um, he no. was rumored to jump between rooftops and walk down the sides of walls. Like an evil Spider-Man. <laughs> um... Now, real question, was this Peter Parker in the black suit? Oh. Oil skin. Oil skin. You know, um, when you said evil Spider-Man, I was going to say, you know there literally are. Like, we have characters who yes. are that. Yes. Who are evil Spider-Man. I'm sorry, I'm not done. 
In South in South Herefordshire, a salesman named Marshall, I don't know why they tell us that part, had encountered in 1986 a man who took gigantic leaps and slapped him on the road. So, like, somewhere along the line, this, okay, this actually, to me, reinforces my Dread Pirate Roberts theory. Yeah. Because, like, the past Spring-Heeled Jack was, like, very violent and, like, very interested in causing permanent harm. And then somewhere along the line, he handed it off to somebody who really just wants to, like, start fights and then leave. Which, Same. to be fair, is exactly what I would do if I had the capacity to leap 30 feet away. Like, I would just be like, hey, you want to go? And then, like, smack him and then, like, just get out of there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, in West Surrey, many school-going children reported seeing a man who was in all black with red eyes who ran as fast as a car, 435.31 <laughs> kilometers an hour. So, uh, in February of 2012, so recent, Scott Martin and his family were traveling in a taxi when they saw a dark figure run across the street and climb a roadside bank in seconds near Nescott College in Newell Bypass. So, that's what's up. Oh, hey, guess what else? Even more. I got some more for you. Have I dropped enough mind hex on you? Because I got more. I'm pretty reasonably unhacked at this point in time. There are some reports which indicate that Jack may actually have extended his menace to the American continent. Like the Beatles. Exactly. British invasion. Okay, I'm going to drop a new theory on you. Are you ready for this? So you've heard of the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney is not really Paul McCartney, right? You're aware of this? Yes. Oh my god, I'm, I I'm, I love where this is going. You know yes. where this is going. I love where this is so, going. So, like, I'm thinking, and I can't list all of, like, the, like, album cover clues off the top of my head, but I suspect that what they really point to is that the man we know as Paul McCartney is really Spring-Heeled Jack. Oh my god. <laughs> So, I love that. Now, here we go. In 1892, now, I don't know that this is Spring Hill Jack, but it is the same kind of outfit he likes to wear, uh, like the white oil slick outfit. In 1892, a 7 to 12-foot tall, you know, like, you, those things are similar. Like Paul McCartney. Yeah, <laughs> like Paul McCartney. <laughs> Phantom, dressed in white, with horns on his head, was seen spitting fire in the vicinity of the jail in Raymond Street in Brooklyn, New York. White, like the White Album. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the White Album was really about. It was about Springfield Jack. That song that Paul McCartney wrote, someone's knocking at the door, someone's ringing the bell, do me a favor, open the door, let him in, all soft sighting. Boom, Paul McCartney. Damn! <laughs> Damn! Damn, I never thought I'd hear another good Beatles conspiracy theory. <laughs> this I is it. This is the one it. true Beatles conspiracy theory. Uh, all right, and this one I love because it, it it implies that this is just like a thing he does literally every night forever. Uh-huh. The Ghost of Waiting River. At exactly 11.55 p.m. every night, a specter appears in the churchyard near Waiting River, Long Island, jumping here and there, trying to read inscriptions <laughs> on the tombstones. <laughs> when the clock strikes 12, the ghost positions himself atop a stone and spurts out 12 fireballs, after which he disappears into the mist you know that's a really thing like really weird thing for paul mccartney to do but i mean <laughs> oh i love spring hill jack is so weird it's so good i love these weird gurgling sounds your cat is making and i hope they're making it onto the recording um she, oh yeah fun fact about my cat which makes her kind of a cryptid maybe no she can her existence can be proven but she had pneumonia as a baby so she can't purr because her breathing's all weird so she she just kind of grunts she's just like it's like Marge Simpson. I love it. But it's, it's a happy sound. It's a very happy sound. She's, like, very pleased with what's happening. She just doesn't... She can't do a purr. 
Anyway, so to get back, She's on, a good girl. back on the subject here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, hi, baby. I just, did, I don't usually let my cat in the room when I'm recording, but I really felt bad because I wanted her to be with us. <laughs> okay, we keep getting very distracted by this, this cat. All right, so I have to ask you some questions about your theory. I need you to refine your theory for me just a yeah, little absolutely. bit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's workshop it. All right, just, I need you to refine your theory for me a little bit. Um, In lieu of a rating scale, even, I think I need uh-huh. you to refine this theory for me a little bit. Um, What is... Like, if it's passed down, if the mantle is passed down like Dread Pirate Roberts, mm-hmm. are you saying Paul McCartney took it on when the Beatles came to America, or that Paul McCartney took it on in, like, the 1890s and is just kind of an, an ageless being? Um, well, I think, like, we do know that Paul McCartney ages. Yeah. Right, like, we've seen visible proof of that. So I don't think Paul McCartney has been spring Jack forever. Okay. I think maybe, like, when the reports start getting real silly, like... These these twentieth century sightings. I think that's all Paul McCartney. I like that. I like that. I like the idea that Paul McCartney is like the troublemaker one and not the one who's like assaulting women. No, I don't believe that Paul McCartney is like that evil of a spirit. Like no. I think he's mischievous. I can see him like leaping up to a person and slapping him and then jumping away, <laughs> then bounding away, <laughs> and then just bounding off. Oh, you cad! Here I go. Look, it's me. That's what I meant when I said it's Springfield Jack. That's the incarnation that sounds like a Monty Python character. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. It's very silly. And now for something completely different. So that's that's what I think. I think that Paul McCartney took it up then. Okay. So... But he's the one that brought it to America. What is Paul McCartney? Well, there's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think Spring Hill Jack is? As a headline I saw when I was researching this script, the, researching this particular entity said, uh, Spring Hill Jack, per- cryptid, pervert, or demon? I mean, poor K. No. Anyway, um... Poor K. No. Let's try. Let's trace. <laughs> uh, I think that in my heart of hearts, like, in my fantasy novel-loving heart of hearts, yeah. what I want to believe is that, like, it's some sort of maybe generational curse or something. Like, mm. um, so, like, vampires, for instance, start out as, like, normal people, right? Yeah. And then those pow- those supernatural powers and abilities are transferred onto them. Yeah. So I think maybe, like, the different incarnations of spring Jack start out as just regular dapper lads. And then the spring of them, I don't know, perhaps they have, like, moon shoes grafted onto their feet. And then from that, like, that's where they draw their, their unholy powers. <laughs> if, a, if a spring-heeled Jack, if a spring Jack slaps you on the full moon. Yeah, you become the next spring Jack. Um, I do think there's only one at a time. Even a man who's pure of heart and says his prayers by night will become spring Jack when the slaps are good and the moon is full and bright. Um, <laughs> so much. Um, but I do think there's only one spring Jack at a time. I don't uh. feel like there's multiple of them. So it is a little, a little Dread Pirate Roberts-y. Like, it's a, a mantle that's Roberts-y. taken on. Yeah, and I think there is some supernatural element of, like, passing it on to mm-hmm. the next one. And, like, I don't know what that selection process is mm-hmm. like. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, in lieu of a rating system, I would like to, uh, similarly, because it's been a while, to how we rewarded, uh, an, like, a title, an official, like, mm-hmm. number one title to the Beast of Bray Road, I would like to personally posit that we award uh, Spring Hill Jack, in spite of all his many flaws, because, like, he's a problematic fave, for sure. But uh, I think we should award Spring Hill Jack the award of most dapper cryptid. He's certainly the most stylish. He's certainly yeah, the most stylish. Absolutely. Like, he's, like, a lot of his looks, the way they're described, remind me of something that David Bowie would wear in Labyrinth. Well, I think maybe David Bowie may have been Spring Hill Jack <laughs> before Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love it. David um, Bowie. David Bowie's definitely been Spring Hill Jack at some point in his life. Particularly, I think he's the one who just kind of, he's definitely one of the ones who just kind of bounded around being strange. Or, 
or, or new thought. New thought. New thought. Here's what I want. Give me, give me, give me. Here's give what me. I'm gonna go home and write on my fan fiction account. I give don't me, have one. Don't go looking for it. I'm right. sorry. I give wish me, I did. Me. I would love to refer everybody to it at this point in time if give one me, existed. Give me. Um, okay, so consider Spring Hill Jack, and then like there's also a generational like Spring Hill Jack Hunter passed down from generation to generation. <gasps> so what if Paul McCartney like Van Helsing? Like, what if Paul McCartney is our Spring Hill Jack and David Bowie was the Spring Hill Jack Hunter? David Bowie is the Van Helsing. Yeah. He's, what if, I got some, I'll do you one better. Okay. Have you heard of a little franchise called Blade? <laughs> About a vampire who hunts vampires? He's a spring Hill Jack who hunts spring Hill Jacks. Exactly. Oh, man. So, okay, here's what I'm thinking. The mantle was passed down from whomever to David Bowie, who then rejected the spring Hill Jack lifestyle to pursue a life of good and trying to end all of the other horrible supernatural nasties out there. So the former spring Hill Jack had to find a new, um, like a new, uh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? Successor? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, had to find a new successor and then like train him in the ways. And so David Bowie had to hunt him down. <laughs> they are they are uh, Valjean and Javert, it, it, like eternally twined throughout history and the streets of yeah. London. Did you think that David Bowie passed away? Absolutely not. He has merely uh, he has merely retreated from the public eye so that he may <laughs> so full he can, time hunt so he can Jack. better hunt Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe in this world. You've built a much more beautiful world than the wicked world we live in. It's also possible, that, like I don't know, maybe there is more than one Spring Hill Jack or Spring Hill Jack Hunter. Like, because I want to believe also that Prince may have been, like, a fancy boy cryptid. <laughs> Not every fancy boy is Spring-Heeled Jack. No, but it's a very similar kind of fancy boy, you know what I mean? That's true. I can see Prince, like, leaping in front of your door, spouting blue flames, and then leaping away. <laughs> like, I can visualize that. I think that all this, the, the Spring-Heeled Jacks following the one in the 1830s have been, like, more chaotic and neutral than the original, because the original Spring-Heeled Jack is very chaotic evil. Yeah, it's true. Um, like, like I do need to make sure we don't overlook that the original Spring Hill Jack, as he was described in the 1830s, was like a predator and not cool. Completely horrible. Like, yes. horrible, horrible, like, okay. horrible. So, survival tips. Can you give me some survival tips um, for Spring Hill Jack? Well, since nobody was killed by Spring Hill Jack, I guess the best thing I would suggest is, like, kind of survival tips for any other, like, miscreant out on the street. Like, always have a buddy with you. Don't open your door to strangers. Don't go with strangers to a second location. Don't offer candles to, like, weirdly dressed men who come to your door claiming to be cops. Yeah. Actually, this is, like, I'm gonna get for real with you for some real-life advice right now. Like, if someone claims to be a cop, demand credentials. Demand to see credentials. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't have a badge for you, then don't go with him or do anything he asks. Um, and that was, like, a section, that was a section called Real-Life Survival Tips. Um, but in terms of survival tips for Spring Hill Jack, like, 1830s era Spring Hill Jack doesn't seem to really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And any modern iterations of Spring Hill Jack don't seem to want anything except for, like, schoolboy mischief. Right, so, right, So, like, actually, if we're looking at the personalities, I don't, I feel like Ringo is more of a Spring Hill Jack than Paul, but I understand. In my heart of hearts, I want to believe that Ringo is Spring Hill Jack, but I don't think that it lines up necessarily. That's fair. Here's the thing about Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. He's good at literally everything. Oh, you're so, right. So, like, it stands to reason he would be good at being Spring Hill Jack, too. Oh, you're so right. Whereas Ringo, I love Ringo. Ringo is easily my favorite Beatle. Mm hmm But have he's... you seen his artwork? Oh. <laughs> Ringo is not good at everything. How dare you? I love him very he's much. He's a perfect boy. Please 
please, if you have not already done this, it will bring you so much joy. Please go to Ringo Starr's website and look at his artwork. He's a good boy. He crafts these incredible Microsoft Paint, like, wonderscapes <laughs> and charges lots of money for them and donates it all to charity. And it's my very favorite thing anyone has ever done He's ever. so good. That's a, he's too pure of heart to be Spring Hill Jack. You're right. He doesn't have enough uh, mischief in his heart. It's true. I don't think I've ever seen Ringo have mischief. He would, like, leave up to somebody and, like, want to slap them, but instead he would just sort of, like, apologize and then dust off their coat and then leave. Or give him a hug. And give him a hug. And then... Take a selfie with them giving a thumbs up. Okay, and you want to take away. that because she's going to spill water everywhere. And then he would leap away. And then he would leap away. So in terms of survival tips, like, I would have to give survival tips for the original Spring Hill Jack, and they would be anything, like, unfortunately, like, anything you would do when there's, like, a criminal or, like, a predator or, like, a creepy, creepy creep in your area. But modern Spring Hill Jack, like... Worst that's gonna happen is you get slippity slapped on the face and then he darts away. Well, he does punch women, right? <laughs> like, it's horrible. I'm not saying it's good to get punched. I'm just saying, like, it's not, like, there is no survival. Like, you're gonna survive. He doesn't right. kill people. He just rolls up and makes a little chaos and then is out. So, before we leave this topic, I wanna actually return to something that we haven't really done since our very first episodes. Yeah. And that's to, like, find a good, like, to rehome this cryptid a little bit, right? So, yeah. like, we originally talked about, like, ways that we could, like, revamp cryptids into something like cool and new and useful and i think obviously spring hill jack has like a future in the nba oh i was thinking he'd be like an amazing uh like courier i mean that too but like what i'm saying is i want space jam 2 spring hill jack oh my god spring to the finish Ugh. oh i love it i like that yeah spring hill jack definitely has a basketball career oh my god oh yeah Oh my god. I didn't even think about that. Thank you. You're mm -hmm. so right. Except for, would it be fair? Like, I don't think well, he'd be no. allowed into the league. No, maybe not. Like, what if he toned it down? Like, in The Incredibles? Aww. At the end, when Dash is running, and they're like, no, no, just like, come second place. That's what Spring Hill Jack would do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the, also, and, and we need to wrap up, but I like the idea that he's like a super villain. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love that. Because they talked about that a little bit, and I was... Very pleased because honestly, like really, really tight, like bodysuit, cloak, um, jumping around, like it's very super villain. I love it. And he had metal claws. Yeah. So he's like dark Wolverine. Yeah, he's well, like, but fancier. Like Wolverine's kind of like got that that like rough and tumble aesthetic. Well, it's sort right? of like how anti Cosmo is like very fancy British and like, British. Why is he like so that? he's anti Wolverine. He's anti Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. You Good. get it. I love it. Um, Paul so McCartney is the anti Wolverine. That's what we. That's the takeaway. From I want this you to episode. take away from this that Paul McCartney is the anti Wolverine. Thank you very much. So I hope you enjoyed our discussion of Spring Hill Jack. Do we have any announcements? Um, so stickers have been sent out. Stickers, yes. yes. Stickers from the uh, the giveaway have been mailed out. We, due to a printing error in terms of, like, size and stuff, had to reorder the donor-only stickers. So if you're a Patreon donor of a tier that has earned you stickers, they are coming. It's just uh, they, have, they have been reordered. But and if you won one of the iTunes review giveaways, those the are stickers the are on the way. Yes, those are um, on their way to you. And speaking of... Um, I was, like, trying to get us up to, like, more reviews so I could do, like, a live stream of some sort. Like, I was trying to, like, entice viewers throwing bone. We're still at 42. That hasn't yeah. changed. So. It's a good number. It's a great number. But, um, throw some more reviews our way. It's the way that we're gonna be able to get famous and bring you guys more content. And, yeah. hey, here's the other thing. If you're on the bandwagon now and then you help us get real big, we're gonna remember you and not all of the new people that come up. <laughs> Alex! <laughs> please! <laughs> Alex, please! I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'll stop. You're all so good. Oh, also, quick reminder that we have a Facebook group. Uh, the Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group. And it's a really, like, whole 
wholesome, like, fun, a good little space. It's rad as heck, and I love it Yeah, a lot. it's a really good, fun bunch of people, and if you want to have, like, fun space to talk about cryptids. Everyone, even in, there just, like, is, everyone in there is my friend, so, yeah. like, if you're in that group, you you're have my, my explicit permission to, like, go to parties and tell them we're friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're in that group, we're friends. That's just how it goes. Uh, so, a reminder that that exists. Also, uh, as always, um, I haven't mentioned the last couple episodes, so in case you forgot, our music is by the esteemed Andrew Giada, a superstar, and master composer. Hey. Hey. And a reminder of our socials, our social medias. We're on Facebook at The Cryptid Keeper. We're on Twitter at CryptKeepPod, C-R-Y-P-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. And we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Cryptid Keeper, reasonable enough. We just rolled out um, some fun bloopers, uh, and I've got, um, we've got some bonus episodes coming, and, um, uh, like, all kinds of, like, fun, silly, just little, like, extra, like, tokens we want to throw your way for help for as a thanks for your support so thank you again for everything and like thank you for listening to this silly show and we appreciate you so much (laughs) (laughs) because like we'd be doing this anyway but it's much better knowing that people actually like it (laughs) yeah that does definitely like enhance the experience exactly to a whole new level exactly like these are conversations we'd have no matter what like, with or without a microphone that's what i'm saying with or without it being recorded this would be happening but like this makes it this sweetens the deal so uh anything else or? I think that's it all right well then as always we hope we can keep you around and we hope you stay safe out there